chapter one of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter one we're on the rocks this time leah smashin for all we're worth how we can win clear beats me with hands which had never earned a shilling thrust into pockets empty even of that coin jim came stretched out his long legs and surveyed his neat boots as he made this cryptic speech his habit of expressing himself in a parabolic fashion was confusing to his friends but five years of marital squabbling had schooled his wife into ready comprehension and she usually responded without comment on this occasion however the subject under discussion irritated even her healthy nerves and she replied irrelevantly really jim i wish you would talk english huh never knew i was talking choctaw you might be for all the sense an ordinary person can make of it ah said jim with the clumsy affection of a bear but you're not an ordinary person leah i'm the common or garden ass that can't straighten things now you can for want of a husband i suppose i must come now leah am i not your husband oh yes she answered with a flick of her handkerchief across a pair of scornful lips my husband not a husband what's the difference as if i could waste time in explaining we have more serious matters to talk about than your want of brains serious enough assented the man sulkily but you know how to deal with trouble leah i ought to retorted his wife with a shrug considering the experience i have had since marrying you i wish i hadn't so do i confessed jim then mended his speech with a dim sense of having overstepped the mark no by jupiter i don't mean that you and i get on very well considerin each swings on a private hook you are not a bad sort leah and i'm a a a well you know what i am not a diplomatist certainly isn't this praise a trifle obvious you don't mean it do you she looked at him wistfully but her candid husband soon stopped any sentimental illusions she may have momentarily entertained oh yes i mean it in a sort of way and good temper on both sides will help us to push through the business quicker you mean the bankruptcy court snapped his wife perhaps i mean the divorce court was his tart reply but she was quite ready with an answer on your own part then you can't say a word against me who said i could you've got the one virtue that gives its name to the rest and think yourself an angel i had your assurance that i was an angel once no doubt it's the sort of thing a man has to say to the woman he is engaged to and never says to the woman he is married to marriage isn't all honey leah and heavens lady jim addressed the ceiling as if i required telling but compared with other women jim i am not 
i never said you were interrupted kames crossly i'd screw your neck if you went on like other women upon my word jim i would admire you more if you did attempt something of that sort sorry i can't oblige you but i'm a gentleman and bear an honoured name an honoured name sneerin won't alter facts leah the name of kames has always been honoured till you dragged it through the mud interrupted leah in her turn the old duke is all right and frith's a kind man if somewhat dull but you oh heavens to think that such a saul should be amongst the prophets jim not understanding the scriptural allusion thought he was being chaffed a liberty which his bovine pride resented by two minutes of sulky silence moreover he dreaded his wife's formidable tongue the lash of which could cut through even his tough hide how are we going to get through the business at this rate was his next contribution to the conversation you don't remember that i've to meet a fellow at the club to see about a bet and i haven't got a shillin to rattle against another declared jim pathetically well was the sharp reply i have to shop this afternoon with but one miserable sovereign in my purse lord jim opened his sleepy blue eyes i say you couldn't no said his wife decisively i couldn't and i wouldn't and i can't and i shan't perhaps you'll read the paper and let me think all right said kames reaching for the sporting times i want to see the bettin on podaskus betting will be your ruin has been corrected jim chuckling then reverted to his early metaphor we're on the rocks this time leah and no mistake his wife cast a look of scorn on the pink and white face she had once thought handsome and indeed kames was good-looking in a heavy saxon way tall and muscular with the strength of a bull and the manners of a bear he was precisely the sort of brutal athlete to attract women they flocked round him like bees and gave him more honey than was good for him he accepted their endearments with the complacent vanity of an egotist and took little trouble to please even the prettiest whereupon he was adored the more leah with her elbows on the breakfast-table stared at jim's well-brushed head bending over the pink sheets and asked herself for the hundredth time why she had married him physically he resembled a splendid hercules but in another sense the likeness was not a speaking one he satisfied her eyes and in no other way gave her pleasure when he talked he babbled vainly about himself and his doings to the exclusion of any topic likely to interest other people possessed of that easy good nature which refuses nothing which costs nothing jim kames was looked upon as a good fellow a title which covers a multitude of the minor sins jim would have been meritorious as a caveman and prehistorically perfect as a civilized being he left very much to be desired the subject was neither agreeable nor inexhaustible and leah rose with a shrug of her shapely shoulders jim looked up well he asked encouragingly nothing said his wife curtly and moved to the window 
here she leaned against the sash and looked at the narrow grey street which was such a good address to impress tradesmen and so expensive to live in not that the question of rent troubled the pair they paid none and would have been as much insulted if visited on quarter-day as an irish tenant the duke of pentland at the time of their marriage had presented them with the furnished ten curzon street but hampered with certain restrictions they could not sell it or even mortgage it nor could money be raised on the furniture the duke paid all rates and taxes and saw to all repairs beyond dwelling in this very desirable residence and calling it publicly their home lord and lady jim had no interest in it whatsoever both thought it was ridiculous that they could not turn the curzon street house into money when they needed ready cash so badly in life was so hard to people of their standing and tastes leah came of a bankrupt family and had brought nothing to jim but her own clever beautiful self she considered the two thousand a year which the duke allowed his second son opulence until she learned what delightful things money could buy then jim used a large amount of the quarterly payments on his own account and tradesmen would not give her the delightful things without money she certainly had bills in nearly every shop in bond street and out of it but even bills had to be paid in the long run the post brought a good many and brought also lawyers letters not pleasant to read between them this happy pair had mortgaged their income and the money they had obtained was all gone now they had no income and many bills what was to be done this problem jim had set leah to solve but clever as she knew herself to be the solution was beyond her can't you borrow jim she asked turning gloomily from the window perhaps a fiver was the prompt response everyone's as mean as mean i've tried em all and you leah shook her head twenty pounds for all my asking there's your godmother old lady canvey suggested jim she's as rich as dives and like dives won't give a penny to this lazarus she smiles and talks epigrams and preaches but as to helping leah shrugged her shoulders again the action drew her husband's attention to a very magnificent figure which was loudly admired jim had admired it himself before he had got used to seeing it in the breakfast-room now it struck him that this attraction might be turned into money you're a ripping woman in the way of looks he said throwing down the newspaper if you went on the stage eh as the fairy queen inquired his wife scornfully that's about all i'm suited for i know the things i can't do jim and acting is one besides think of what the duke would say jim yawned and lighted a cigarette he can't say more than he has said he remarked lazily sides i never go to hear him preach now no you send me why not the duke loves a pretty woman you can twist him round your little finger i can't twist any money out of him said lady jim irritably more's the pity we're on the rocks you've said that twice already and i'll say it again and again and again snapped jim you don't seem to realize the hole we're in don't i she queried with an emotion she would never have shown in society i realize that i have one sovereign and you only a fiver i intend to borrow from a sure man said jim but i say what's to be done 
we must go through the court what's the use of that it'll only settle our debts we want ready money i don't care a straw about the tradesmen can't we let this house no the duke says we can live in it as long as we like but if we leave he'll take it back again it's like giving a boy half a crown and telling him not to spend it said kames looking round if we only could it's a jolly sort of room this and we'd get a good rent for the house the room was indeed pretty being decorated in a pompadour manner its walls were adorned with white paper sprinkled with bunches of roses tied with fluttering blue ribbons and the carpet bore the same dainty design the furniture was of white wood upholstered in brocade also diversified with roses and azure streamers there were many delicate water-colour pictures a grate and fire-irons of polished brass and electric lights in rose-tinted globes even the grey december light streaming in through the two windows could not make the apartment look anything but clean and delicate and dainty and delightful it was an ideal nest for a young couple but this one had outlived the honeymoon and cared very little for the ideal a very pretty room said jim again and you're the prettiest thing in it leah she looked at him scornfully and then glanced around i hate all this frippery she said contemptuously something more massive would suit me better well you are a kind of cleopatra you know if jim's historical knowledge had been more accurate he would have made a better comparison cleopatra according to the latest discoveries was small foxy-haired and dainty she would have suited this watteau-like room to perfection but lady jim was as tall as any daughter of the gods and bore herself after the imperial style of juno queen of olympus her hair was of a deep red and she had a great quantity as those who saw her pose in charity tableau knew very well leah possessed the creamy complexion which usually goes with such hair and a pair of large blue eyes out of which her soul had never peered they were hard eyes shallow as those of a bird and surveyed the world and its denizens with the inquiring expression of a cat on the lookout for titbits her lips were thin and covered admirably white and regular teeth it was a clever face and beautiful in its serene immobility those who did not like lady jim called her a cat but she was more like a sleek dangerous pantheress and woe to the victim who came under her claws yet she could purr very prettily on occasions well jim she said more graciously for she was sufficiently a woman to be pleased with her husband's grudging compliments now that you have finished saying sweet things what next this business we're on the jim if you say that again i'll leave you to get out of the trouble yourself you're my husband think of something i can't unless it's the insurance the insurance said leah thoughtfully twenty thousand pounds isn't it jim her husband nodded old jarvey peel my godfather had my life insured when i was a child and arranged that his heirs should pay up the money every year to keep it in force then there's accumulations of sorts i don't understand these stale things myself leah but i know that there's over twenty thousand 
can't you raise money on it no the old man arranged that i should lose it if i tried that game lord said jim with disgust if i could have raised money i should have got rid of it ages ago but how does it benefit you asked his wife curiously if the money is paid when you are dead you won't have any fun but i her eyes gleamed oh no you don't snapped jim not at all pleased at this hint you'd like to turn me into cash in that way i know but it so happens that the twenty thousand and whatever additions may have come will be paid to me when i'm sixty much fun in that when i shan't have teeth to crack nuts you're over thirty now jim thirty-five and you're only five years younger so when we get the cash at sixty there won't be any enjoyment left for either of us thirty-five from sixty murmured lady jim leaves how much jim twenty-five replied james after wrinkling his brow and communing with his none too quick brain beastly long time to wait leah nodded there's no chance of your getting it sooner not the slightest i can't get a cent on it and i can't sell it and i can't use it in any way jarvey peel was a silly old ass died worth no end of coin and didn't leave me a penny but if you die jim drop it retorted kames who did not at all relish the suggestion well but supposing you did insisted leah then i suppose the money would be paid to you said jim kicking the hearth-rug with a gloomy face but don't you make any mistake leah i'm going to live right on to sixty and handle the money i can't do much at that age but i'll try hard to get through the lot before i slip off and what about me oh you must look after yourself said jim heartlessly but if you can think of some scheme to get the cash now i'll give you half there now there's nothing mean about me what's the use of talking rubbish said lady jim crossly you won't die not to oblige you my dear so don't think it then don't let us talk any more of the impossible is it impossible asked kames cunningly leah looked at him with wide bright eyes what is it she asked i might pretend to die you know said jim looking at her very directly then the cash should be paid to you and we could share but it's ridiculous cried leah raising her eyebrows you would have to give up your position and disappear who cares you know i never stop longer in england than i can help as to my position it's all debts and duns and squabbling with you oh i'd give up the whole thing for the money you never think of me got enough to do to think of myself grumbled kames sides you don't care for me as a widow you could have lots of fun on on say five thousand that's right jim take the lion's share to yourself well shouldn't i be paying the largest price for getting the cash leah shrugged her shoulders again there would be very little sacrifice in it so far as you are concerned she said you've been three times to south america since we were married and i presume with this money you would go there again i'd go out of your life for ever oh well she said coolly i could show my respect to your memory by wearing a widow's dress i expect i should look rather nice in a cap lord jim was rather disgusted little as he loved his wife he expected her to be devotedly attached to him and her ready acquiescence in his disappearance annoyed him greatly you've got no heart how clever of you to guess that i gave it to you five years ago 
and took it back before the honeymoon was over well you see jim you are so careless a man that i could not think of leaving the only heart i possess in your hands besides so many women have given you their hearts that i thought you might confuse the lot lord jim did not like this banter and said so in a few forcible words then he moved to the door casting a disgusted look at a pile of bills on leah's side of the table what about this truck oh we'll pay them out of your insurance laughed lady jim not much i'm not going to disappear and give up everything for the benefit of a lot of measly tradesmen i wish you wouldn't dangle grapes out of my reach said his wife pettishly you know it's not to be done jim plunged forward and gathering up the mass of papers threw them into the fire pay them in this way then said he enraged i wish i could sighed leah wearily and looked at herself in the mirror do stop worrying me jim i'm getting to look quite old are you going out yes we've wasted an hour in talking about nothing we're on the rocks i tell you and so said lady jim calmly you end where you began jim looked up to heaven and this is a wife said he plaintively and this she mocked laying her hand on his shoulder is a probable bankrupt not me i'll clear out first to south america leave the insurance money to me jim called leah as he banged the door twenty thousand pounds she soliloquized it's worth trying for but i might as well cry for the moon and she sighed the sigh of selfishness unexpectedly thwarted End of chapter one